0: Welcome back to another episode of AB Side. I'm one of your hosts, Ben.
1: And Anzi. It's us again.
0: (laughs) Hey Anzi. How's it going?
1: Not too bad. Not too bad. What are we talking about today, Ben?
0: So last week we talked about teenagers. um, The natural progression from that is uh, students. What did you describe students as the other day when we were talking? Like extended teenagers? oh
1: now now i don't want to say that in front of the the students uh prolonged adolescence
0: right okay that's yeah that's exactly what i just said but with smaller words let's play a jingle
1: So, we have two awesome guests with us today on the show. We have uh, Ollie. Ollie, hey Ollie.
2: Hi, hi Anzi.
1: It's a different Ollie from last week. Last week we had a Youth Pastor Ollie night, but today we have Ollie Huo. Ollie, so you're a student. Where are you from? What do you study?
2: Um, yeah, so I'm from Birmingham. I'm studying in Birmingham at Birmingham University. Uh, studying maths I'm at fourth year now so
1: fourth year final year
2: yeah hopefully not much longer but who knows is it a master's it's uh it's yeah this year's my master's year
1: wow
2: I didn't I didn't mean to do this but it just happened
1: (laughs) you fell into it maths yeah
2: you know just one more step up and another, and then here I am doing a master's.
0: What is your favourite equation? What is my favourite equation?
2: Um, I quite like, like Fermat's Little Theorem. Okay. You know? It's nice I don't and know. very useful.
1: I have no idea what that is. Please explain, in a nutshell, to someone stupid like me.
2: Oh, no. Pressure. It's like, wait, it's complicated, Ansi.
1: Okay, I accept. I All maths is complicated to me. So yeah, that's fine.
0: It does look pretty interesting though, I have to say. Go and look it up, guys, if, if you are um, if you are not Ansi. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, if you are interested in maths is what I meant by that. Yeah, I'm,
2: um, I'm using it a lot in like, the questions I'm doing right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool
2: it helps do you
1: have to like is it true that when you do maths for like all sorts of mathematical equations you have to measure the ripples in the water drop and things like that there's like a maths equation for that is that true or is that just a made up
2: i mean i guess it is true but that's not like the kind of maths i'm studying this year oh. so maths is like split into um two major parts uh, so applied mathematics and pure mathematics and applied mathematics is more to do with the real world, um, for like, you know, calculating the equation of a wave or something like that. And pure maths is almost like studying maths for like sake of maths. It's very hard to um, apply it to the real world.
1: So what do you study
2: then? This year I'm studying more pure maths, okay. but last year it was more
0: like statistics based.
1: Okay. So,
2: yeah.
1: Hmm. Cool.
0: Cool. Hmm. All right. So along with Ollie, we also have Hanum. Hi, Hanum. Hello. Same question. Uh, where are you from? What do you study?
3: Um, so I'm from London, um, although some people argue that I'm not actually from London because like I'm basically on the border of London, sort of. Um, But yeah, I am currently in Birmingham um, at the Uni of Birmingham and I study music.
0: Nice. What is your same question? What is your favorite equation? No. um, What's your favorite chord?
3: Ooh. I feel like. Anything with a seventh. I feel like I'm not mm. that um, interesting, but it's sort of like a little bit out there. It's not that straightforward. But I also know how to analyse seventh chords. Um, what does
0: that sound like? Ben, can you... Yeah, what what, what seventh would you like, Haynam? And I'll put it in afterwards. Oh, let's
3: just put a C major seventh in.
1: What's your main instrument, Haynam?
3: So... My main instrument is the piano, Um, pretty standard. Uh, So I also play, well, I have the classic like piano and violin duo. And then I also play the guitar. Um, I sort of play the cajon. um, And I'd like to say I sort of sing, but I didn't have like formal, formal training in it. So I guess a lot of it is like self-learned.
1: That's still very, very cool. Not a lot of people can pick up instruments, though. Not a lot of people have rhythm. <laughs> so, yeah, nice, nice. What are your plans after university, guys?
2: Um, I guess I'm looking for jobs right now, and it's pretty hard to find like jobs, especially during coronavirus, because there's just less um, companies like offering positions. So basically, right now, I'll take whatever I can get,
1: even if it's not related to what you're studying.
2: Well, I'm only applying for um kind of things that are related a bit right now, hmm. but we'll see. Did
1: you? Um... My mom.
2: Oh, go on. My my mom wants me to do a PhD, which isn't, which I really don't want to, but it does seem like a very safe route to go, go down.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to be a doctor of maths, I guess, but um, I don't know if that will improve your job prospects much or not. Mm. Also, it also sounds really hard. Yeah, I can imagine. What about you, Hannah?
3: So I started studying music because I wanted to go into music therapy, uh, but that has completely changed. Um, so I don't actually want to do anything related to music anymore, um, and I'm thinking about going into event management or like event planning organizing and that sort of stuff
1: wow how did you end up changing paths completely career choices
3: i think i just the more i studied it the more i was like i think it's just something interesting and i don't regret studying it but Hmm. i don't think i can see myself doing it as a full-time thing anymore um and I also got involved with like setting up a society and like doing student fellowship stuff and the more I did that stuff I think I realized how much I liked sorting stuff out and sorting events out um so I sort of want to pursue that more than something in music which I'll probably still keep but as maybe like a side hobby or something
1: wow I guess you'll ne- you never know what's going to happen until you try out the different path and then and then God, I guess, reveals different things to you. That's kind of cool.
0: So guys, let's let's start with this question. How close to a deadline have you handed in an assignment?
3: Um, so I do, I do, I'd say I do work quite close to deadlines. Um, but I always set the, my personal deadline different to the one that uni give us. So I aim for the day before to hand it in, just in case there are, like, Wi-Fi issues or, like, other problems that pop up. But... So my deadlines are usually at noon, and I'd usually pull an all nighter the night before. And I would probably submit it at, like, (laughs) 7am. So it's still a couple hours before. Um, So I'm not that tight, but... uh, yeah, all-nighters are a standard for me on the night of a deadline.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Is that like, do you, do you plan to do that? Or is that like, it just happens?
3: Um, I'd say it just happens because I stress out before handing in an assignment. So I like to really proofread it and read it like over and over again before I submit it because I just get really anxious about submitting it.
1: And oh, you're a different. perfectionist. Oh yeah, for
3: sure. Um, yeah. And I will even though I say it's my final draft, I still edit it again because I'm not happy
1: <laughs> with it. Wow. Multiple versions, multiple drafts. <laughs> final final. <laughs> Are you the type of person to like save multiple copies? Final final. Yeah, like final version
3: two, final version three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Ollie, how about you?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty bad with uh, assignments. Like every at the start of every academic year, I always tell myself I'm not gonna like hand stuff so close to deadlines anymore. <laughs> and, and I've been telling myself that since like GCSEs. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and I'm I'm I guess I'm currently at like the last year of education.
1: Unless you so, get a PhD
2: unless <laughs> I do do a PhD <laughs> and I still do it um, I, with um, online ass- uh, assignments because you submit them online and it's always midnight mm. and like there's been a couple of 1159s Wow hey. yeah so because with online assessments there's absolutely no leeway mm. like even a minute late they take um, the tape marks off.
1: Oh. Even but, if your Wi-Fi is down and you, or you've had a power cut or your dog chewed the cable?
2: I think you can message, um, you can email the lecturers giving them excuse.
0: Huh. Those are all pretty bad excuses, aren't they, really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And generally, I think it depends on the lecturer, to be honest, whether, because some of them are definitely more strict than others. And, um but like non-online submissions, so for first and second year and third year before the whole you know pandemic quarantine thing, we have pigeonholes in the maths department where um, we we like submit hard versions wow. that we've like written up hmm. because with, with maths it's hard to um, yeah like type I it right so like people just prefer um, submitting hard versions. And the pigeon I feel like they always say the deadlines at like noon or three o'clock or something. But they rarely collect it. Yeah. At noon. That's true. Or at three o'clock. So um <laughs> normally there's like a couple of hours leeway.
1: <laughs> have you have you managed to submit something during that?
2: Yeah. Slot? So I, I, su- I submitted one like three hours late once <gasps> um but i checked the pigeonhole because like you could look into the pigeonhole and if there if there were papers still there you're safe
1: <laughs> that's such uh, a if risk
2: there's, like, if there's like no papers there then you know you're kind of screwed <laughs>
1: that, wow that pushing <laughs> it that's such yeah. a risk
0: i know i know ansi so, how about you i imagine you don't hand things in night
1: um no i do not hand things in if if it's due for noon i do not hand it in at eleven forty nine fifty nine. i hand it in the night before um because i'm the type of person to just panic unless it's done and i can't sleep until it's done yeah there have been times i've done all nighters but i try not to aim for all nighters um there have been moments where you know i submit it the night before and then the morning of i'm like crap did I do it did I submit it Uh, and then I go and check um, or maybe I'll have a revelation in the middle of the night to also insert this footnote and blah 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 and so then I'll add another thing to the footnote or and then it'll be yeah final final version two final final version three uh, and things like that so but generally I will always submit at least a night before yeah
0: wow yeah So the latest I handed in one was 15 minutes late. (gasps) Uh, So we had to do paper submissions, um, uh, but they had like barcodes on, so they would scan them so they knew the exact time. So it was like the inconveniences of handing things in in person, but also the strictness of like a digital system. And I'd been working on this assignment. This is in year two. I was working on this assignment um, for ages and I was like, this is really good. And I thought that I was three days ahead. So (laughs) I wasn't even like ready to hunt it. And I was just like, oh, I've done this one assignment before Christmas. I'm going to do my next one. And then while I was printing off the cover sheets, I was like, wait, that dates today. Ah. And this was while I was living, like our campus was in town. I was in Saturday. So I had to like sprint, catch the train. Like run across Birmingham. (laughs) And while I was doing this, I like messaged the lecturer and I was like, hey, look, it's done. It's 100% done. Like I've sent you a PDF. So you know that I'm not going to change anything. I'm just like on my way to hand it in. And he got there 15 minutes late. And the lecturer was like, okay, I'll, 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 don't worry. I'll look into it. The, the mark that I got at the end was 80%. And then it was capped at 40%. Ah. I
2: was
0: so annoyed. Yeah, (laughs) don't leave things to the last minute, kids. Um, Don't do it.
2: Last year, one of my housemates, I was um, watching because we all do like different modules. So we have like different assignments sometimes. So I was watching TV downstairs and he ran downstairs and said, Ollie, Ollie, I need to to hand in this assignment. Can you drive me? Because from our house to uni, It's about like a twenty-minute walk, and it was like one like eleven fifty, and his submission was uh, (laughs) at (laughs) twelve, and it was like yeah, sure. So um, we got in a car, and I drove to uni, and there was like traffic as well. Oh dear! Uh, And we got to uni at like eleven fifty nine. Wow! And I had to literally drive. To the, um, to the bottom of the like maths building where like we're normally not allowed and I couldn't park anywhere. So he told me to like take a lap around uni <laughs> <laughs> while, while he runs into the building, ha- hands in the assignment and run back out and jump back in the car. Nice. Did he make it? I think he did, yeah. Wow. But, you know
1: is that part of the joys of studenthood though seeing how far how closely to the deadline you can cut it everyone's got a story to tell about assignments hey
0: yeah oh, i guess that's part of it right i
2: wouldn't say it's one of the joys of it certainly parts of it <laughs> <laughs> i can't say i particularly enjoy doing that ever
0: um, yeah but i mean now i've learned a lesson and i I definitely don't hand things in on the day anymore.
1: Since when do you still have assignments, Ben?
0: Oh, I mean, like, the other time I went to uni and the, the other time. Uh, like, when I switched careers twice. Yeah, but also with other things. Like, if someone needs something, I'll, I'll try not to do it on the, on the day.
1: It, it's different, though. Uh, yeah. So, in real life, the assignment, well, it's not really graded assignments. It's just a task, and there is a bit of flexibility, whether it's with university or even at school, when it comes to grades, it's very strict. If you meet yeah. the deadline, great. If you don't, then you get capped. That's happened to me a few times as well. <laughs> it sucks.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like not for not for these two though. It sounds like just me and you have been capped.
1: I think I I I forgot uh an assignment i was two weeks late and i didn't know i had to Whoa. do it over christmas and then i looked at it in january before term started and it was like oh it's due in in december middle of december and i'm like oh that was two weeks ago and i still got capped yeah i just handed in whatever i had so yeah being
0: capped at 40 percent
2: was heartbreaking
1: it was very painful
2: 80
0: percent yeah that it was yeah that was brutal
2: So for
1: you guys, right, um, because you guys are still at uni, was uni life what you expected it to be?
3: I think there's elements of both yes and no. Um, So my sister, she's older than me, and she went to uni. So I've heard loads of stories from her about, um, yeah, the sort of freedom you get and um, how there's loads of work and there's lectures you're supposed to attend and stuff like that. So I think I sort of knew... the basics of um uni life um and the sort of freedom you get and that sort of stuff but it's still really really different when I actually started going to uni myself um I didn't realize just how much time there was firstly I remember in first year and I was talking to my um like personal tutor and he was was like yeah how are you doing and I was like I've got so much time I don't know what to fill it with like yeah you're supposed to do independent studying but you're not gonna study all the time. Um, So I was just like, yeah, it's really hard not having a routine, um, just doing whatever you wanted whenever you wanted. Um, And also I didn't realize just how independent it would be in terms of studying. Like I really have to do everything myself and like chase up lecturers myself and like email people and like just everything was myself. And I was like, in that way I wasn't used to it because I thought there'd be a bit more guidance. Um yeah.
1: That's so true because I feel like in high school you just get spoon fed by the teachers and by, you know, just your surroundings. Like you have a lot more accountability and a support. but whether it's in university, they expect you to be independent. They expect you to have that level of maturity to to know how to independent study and to to be at the library getting those books and nowhere to go it's yeah it's a massive jump isn't it
3: yeah yeah for sure and um, I think also I felt like there's more people back in secondary school there's more people you can talk to like more classmates to talk to about different things like as in if you were struggling you can talk to them but I feel like here at uni because everyone's doing their own thing you also can't really have conversations with people even if you're stuck so it was very like just you doing stuff yourself um and Especially for music, it's all about like research and it's a lot of just you reading books. So um, I was not used to that because I didn't even study English or anything for
1: A levels. So I really struggled. <laughs> mm. Did you find it quite lonely then?
3: Um, yeah, at parts, at times, um, especially when it was coming up to a deadline. I think I was just, I felt like everyone was handling their degree. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And especially in second year, when it clicked that I didn't really want to do music, I was like, I'm just forcing myself to study now because I don't want to drop out of university. Mm. And, um, so that was, yeah, it got quite hard.
2: Mm.
1: How about you, Ollie?
2: Um, yeah, I guess me too. It's just that I didn't expect how much self discipline they thought we'd have in terms of studying. Because in at secondary school, if you don't turn up to school or if you don't turn up to lessons, um, there's you know punishments. You get a detention or something. Whereas at university, you can literally not go to a single lecture the entire year, and no one would really care.
1: That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> how much? But- how much would each lecture and tutorial and seminar cost actually? I think uh, one of my one of my ex youths calculated it. If you're paying how much how much a year? Come on, maths.
2: I feel like it's about £50 per hour.
1: Is it? I heard
2: yeah. someone
3: tell me it was £60 now or something, but I haven't done the maths, so Ollie, you can do that.
2: I remember working it out in uh, first year because I felt guilty about <gasps> not going to lectures and I didn't, it didn't really help.
1: <laughs> it didn't um, motivate you?
2: I mean, it did a bit, but... The thing is, when you miss like a block of lectures, and you go again, you sit there, and with maths especially, it's like they're teaching it in another language because you've already missed. Like you can't pick it up because they start in a topic quite deeply. Oh. like people! People have said like maths is about taking little steps up like a ladder and if you don't have like the steps in between you can't really reach the next level um wow. in terms of like understanding the, the material and stuff so like in first and second year especially I felt like I'd go to the lectures and I'd literally sit there for an hour and I have no idea what the lecture is talking about Um, and it's not just me either, because when, um, exams come around back when we had exams in real life, um, you see that, like, you see people on your course who have, who you've not seen all year, right? (laughs) You know, you go to an example and you didn't expect that many people to be taking that module because no one has been going to the lecturers. Hmm. Yeah. Wow.
1: Has it ever caused you to want to drop out?
2: Not really, I guess. There's definitely been very stressful moments. Mm. But I'm I'm always like when it comes to like the big exams at the end of the year that are worth like eighty percent. Um I'm always quite good at cramming for them, really, which isn't necessarily a good thing to rely on too much. Um, but it's coming me this far. One of my one of my housemates have, has actually dropped out mm-hmm. of, uh, uni on his in his fourth year as well.
3: Oh,
2: so he's gone through first, second, and third year, and because mine is an integrated masters, he can't even get. The,
1: um, the bachelors <gasps> oh my so, yeah
2: because
1: I, I know people that have dropped out of university because of you know maybe it's mental health or um, other circumstances but the like I, I find it amazing when you know it's none of those reasons it's just because that subject wasn't for them and they didn't want to waste another year of their life studying it
2: yeah. at at university especially because they don't give you a timetable Mm. you really have to like you know give yourself a timetable in terms of when to wake up Mm. uh, when to like go to sleep because uh, especially this year when we could watch the lectures at any point um, our house is just getting like you know later and later in terms of sleeping schedule um you know like at the end just before christmas we were all waking up about waking up about like one or two o'clock and sleeping about four which really isn't great
1: but uh, you mean waking up at one or two p.m yeah and sleeping 2, at yeah. four a.m oh okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow
2: which is the greatest but
1: you know
0: all right um so guys can you tell us what your faith was like uh, when you started or just before you went to university
3: yeah um so I've always uh went to church been to church been going to church every Sunday um I don't really remember the last time I skipped church really um but I'd say it was like so I had that typical sort of like being brought up in a Christian family thing. Um but I don't think I really took it for myself, I'd say, like my faith. Um like I loved the church community and I'd always hang out with my church friends and um always talk to them. But I think it was definitely very like social and then the bene- the extra side thing was like, oh yeah, also like I'm a Christian. So I definitely call myself like a Sunday Christian before uh going to uni. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you feel like it was like driven by, yeah, I guess your friends and, and your like family around you?
3: Yeah, I think it was sort of like the so-called norm um, just because of the people I was surrounded by. Um, yeah, with both my family and um, I was closer with my church friends than my school friends, I'd say, as well. So um, mm. I guess church was like our common thing.
0: Yeah okay uh, Ollie how about you
2: yeah so I I guess I've been very fortunate in terms of um, just growing up at Bcc our church um, I mean I've been there since I was um, I guess year one when my nan brought me to the Mandarin service wow I, yeah I know so I've been there a while. <laughs> Um uh, and I just like, I think I think at the start, definitely as a kid, it was just the aspect of um, like it was fun. Um, and everyone in my school uh, is like white and, you know, British, whereas um, at, at BCC especially, it was just a load of, I guess, Chinese kids in in like, similar circumstances whose parents have like emigrated to the UK and um, you know I guess I related to um, the youth group like the, just the kids in the church as well because I think outside of BCC, there wasn't really like a group of Chinese kids in similar environments to me And I guess that's the reason why I kept on going week after week, um, at the start anyway. Uh, But it did mean that I was like, you know, just around very good role models in terms of like Christians throughout uh, primary school and secondary school. And I'm just like really thankful that I grew up in, um, you know, I guess, this community that, um, that shows, like, almost unconditional love
0: hmm.
2: to, to, like, the members of um, this church, which you really don't get, like, kind of elsewhere. Um, and being in Birmingham, like, as well for university, I guess, at the back of my mind, I always knew that Our church was always going to be there, Mm. like, because because I I knew going into university would be a big step in terms of my personal growth and just like such a different lifestyle. But Mm. I guess our church, like BCC, always like kind of anchored me back a
1: bit. It's a constant, yeah. It's not changed,
2: yeah. Exactly. It's been a constant yeah. f- with me for like, you know, over a decade. And
1: oh, yeah. that's good. That's good to know. I think I think that's that's what we would hope for like the majority of the kids that go through church and go to youth group and and then as you send them off, you'd hope that wherever they go, they can still find um continuity in Church life and still developing their faith when they're away from home, and so that's Absolutely. that's what, that's what we like to hear.
2: <laughs> but for me, especially, it's because it's like the same church as well. Ah, oh. so it's even, it's it's just the same. Like every time I go, um,
1: it's a familiarity. It's
2: it's the familiarity, it's like home.
0: Ah, oh. you
2: know? and the free food, every food, <laughs> free food.
0: Yeah I think I think um we're going to talk about more about your faith journeys in in university but I think it's really interesting what you've said um because like you can it can almost be seen as a negative when we talk about church being something that is social um but I think the things that you've described and especially this year not being able to experience that church community for any of us in um in the same way in the ways that we're used to i think it it just underscores the importance of of having that that family around you and these role models and um being able to see christians in different stages of life um which i wasn't really expecting to to come out of this episode so that's kind of cool
1: hey num, did your did your faith change during university good or bad
3: i Definitely had a journey. I would say. Um, I think it's it's been a uh, actually it's been a good and a bad journey. I'd say. So I, I think I in my first year, I had like my first proper sort of like Christian crisis. I would say, and it was when hmm. I fully really, like um, like doubted Christianity for the first time in my life, like properly, genuinely. And I think people sort of say like, oh, yeah, like people go through that. You go through seasons of like doubting and questioning and like all that sort of stuff. But because I had grown up um, within the Christian community, I was sort of numb to those words. So I was like, oh, no, like it's not it's not one of those things. It's like genuinely that I don't know if it's real. Um, but then through that, I'm really blessed with um, having friends who are really patient with me and talking to me about all my questions and um, I would spend like into ridiculous hours in the morning just talking to me about Christianity um, and also you're um, like Pastor Bert he was also talking to me as well and just encouraging me and um, I would say that like it, it sort of has helped me make it my own faith now and um, mm. because I've gone through a struggle and trying to work out what like find the answers to like these really difficult questions myself rather than mm. just accepting them from like sunday school and stuff
1: mm. yeah it becomes more real when you wrestle with it personally mm. that's a good thing
0: Ollie's stayed in the same church as he's gone from being a, a teenager to a student um but for you henham you've you've moved to a new city and a new church mm. um what was that experience like going from one church to another?
3: Um, I don't know. I don't think I had like a lot of expectations. Um, obviously, I'd heard about BCC from um, well when I go to like fat camp in the summer, like the Christian camps and stuff, and um, always having like links with people from different churches and. Turns out people already knew who I was. On the first Sunday I arrived at BCC, people were coming up to me like, Oh, are you so and so sister? Oh, I heard that you were coming to BCC. Like, I was like, Oh, like, not everyone, but like, people know me. This is really weird. So, um, not being
1: funny, your name is very unique, hey Nam. I remember misspelling your name one year for out of the box. And then, was it you that messaged me, or someone messaged me that there was a typo? in your name do you remember
3: I still remember I really subtly just liked the picture so I didn't have to say anything and with hope that someone, someone would else
1: yeah and I had to and I was like who is this girl I misspelled <laughs> her name I need to pray for this girl <laughs> and, and redo her name badge <laughs> so I still remember my first encounter with you
3: oh <laughs> nice to know that um I really stand out <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I think that the transition into this new church like it's been so I'm a really anxious person and I don't really like going to new places by myself so um I remember how scared I was going to a new church like although people know me sort of um ultimately like I don't really know these people I wouldn't really call these people friends yet so I was really scared but um I was yeah i remember still like the first i remember the first person i met from bcc and like i remember <laughs> i remember that i was at a um a flat party because it's freshers week and then i was texting you and and i was like oh wait because i just it was a saturday night and i remembered oh wait it's church tomorrow and i have no <laughs> idea how to get to bcc so it was yeah. like maybe like 9 p.m 10 p.m already and i was there like oh yeah like how do i get there like is there someone I can meet or like, what do I do? And then you linked me up with someone else who dates me up with someone else. And then I made it to church the next day. Yeah. Um, and then I was really, really welcome.
1: So I'm really happy. About
3: good, that. good. Good.
1: Yeah. Cause there's always people coming from Sally Oak or Aston or whichever campus. And there's always people that are willing to help, especially for first years. Mm. That's what I love about our church is that, you know, there's always people that are wanting to help, like make people feel welcomed. So, yeah, really miss. Oh, this makes me miss church, physical church. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh. Mm. So, speaking of that, now that we're in lockdown, how's it been like for a student living in lockdown? Let's start with you, Ollie.
2: Um, I I actually feel like I'm a much better student this year. The normal years, it's like it's definitely stifled all social aspects of student life. But what do you mean, stifled? Well, the the whole we can't, you know, meet anyone outside of our households and stuff. No parties. No parties. No clubbing. No uh, having fun. No lectures in real life. Everything's online. So I haven't actually been to campus. At all this semester, I think. Mm. The last semester, even. So, and because of the fact that we could watch the lectures at any time, like for the first year ever at university, I've actually watched all the lectures up until now. Um, and I could watch it in my own order. uh, And like, I can decide when to watch it. So I don't have to wake up at 8am and run to uni to attend a a 9am lecture, which I don't really understand. Um, But, yeah, it, it definitely has been not as fun as previous years at university. I've because like this year is worth so much of my overall university grade. It's eighty percent of. It's worth eighty percent over the four years. Um, so like I've really just been. I've been quite boring and just been studying most of my time really. But I, I I feel like the pandemic for me hasn't really affected me that much um, because. I've already had first, second and third year at university and I've really experienced, like, you know, the standard university life for the first three years. And this year, being worth so much more, like, I have just kind of knuckled down with my studies a bit more.
0: Uh, What's the past year been like for you, Um. Yeah, it's
3: been, waves of stress um it comes and goes um I will say that I think one thing that um I guess I'm blessed with is like well like thinking about the pandemic and it being this year like I'd rather it be this year than any other year that it did happen because I think a little bit like what Ollie said as well I've had like my first year and second year just to you know enjoy uni life so to say um and obviously I'm in my final year so I need to actually try a bit harder with my education so um yeah I guess not being able to go out gives me one less reason to go out and do things and see people um and obviously like I'm a love my housemates as well so like um I don't mind staying indoors with them all the time um but in terms of yeah like with classes um Like for music, it's not like you have a lot of contact time in the first place, but now it's like even less because it's harder to have meetings with like tutors if you want to see them and um, yeah, everything is just by yourself and like sometimes I just don't really know if I am getting an education because they just reschedule things and then they sometimes forget about things and then they're just like, oh, here are some like outline notes from like your class and I'm like, oh, I haven't really learned anything and a lot of the time... I do have to just do my own research into things. So they give the they give the class and stuff like that, but I don't understand any of it. So I just have to work it out myself. And I'm like, I'm literally teaching myself. So then that stresses me out for like assignments and deadlines and stuff. Um, so it comes and goes. So yeah. How
2: have you been finding like studying in your bedroom though? Because I kind of, I hate like, studying in my bedroom i can't do because first second and third year most of my studying was in the library
3: yeah i think i can study in my bedroom um in fact i just came back to birmingham so i'm currently in birmingham um yeah and i was like because i can't work at home in a home environment so i came back here just so i could work in this quiet house um basically in quarantining myself. Um,
2: Is anyone else there?
3: No, no one's back yet. <laughs> so it's just me alone right now um, for a few days anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm fine. Cause I feel like I'm quite lazy when it comes to studying. I just sort of, you know, I'd rather not have to leave the house and walk however far, like 20, 30 minutes. To campus, just to find out there's no space and then have to walk back. So, I'd rather just stay at home where I've got access to unlimited food and I've got a toilet right next to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ollie, I'm with you though. Uh, yeah. So, at university, I pretty much lived in the library. Um, yeah. I was, if it's a 24 hour library, great. If it wasn't, I would go and find another library that was 24 hours. Um, and then when I was in Bible school, unfortunately, that wasn't possible. So coffee shops was my next, next best thing. And even to this day, because, uh, you know, as pastoral team, we work from home anyway, but I still find myself working better in a coffee shop.
3: I feel like for me, it's not really like a locate location thing it's like whether I have someone um so I study better like with someone there like they don't need to be talking to me but it's just having company and like sometimes you know when you're just focusing for too long you just need like a breather just like a little chat that probably goes on for too long than it should be but like yeah I just need someone there so if it's at home like yeah I can have someone and get up and talk to someone otherwise like coffee shops are cool as well but libraries you can't really talk so it's a bit awkward yeah
1: you just whisper in the libraries, don't you? Or pass notes.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of whispering, but I feel bad. I feel really guilty. I'm like, mm. oh, unless you book out one of those rooms in the library so you can actually talk.
2: Mm. Did you never go with, like, Carter or Josh Ang at, like, midnight? Oh, we no did.
3: We would turn up to the library at, like, 10pm, 11pm, and then see sunrise at the library and then go home.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, you could talk there. There's <laughs> no one there. Mm. <laughs> All of you uni students, you're so wild. going to the library at all hours (laughs) (laughs) sounds it sounds great so what do you reckon have been the biggest challenges then for this year
3: I think for me it's um feeling like I've actually made the most of every day um it doesn't necessarily need to be productive education wise like sometimes I look back at my day so I write a diary entry every day and, or every night before I sleep and some days you're, I'm just trying to write something and I'm like I've actually done nothing all day like what is going on with me and then when you look back at the week it's like all the days blur into one um, and I'm just there like yeah like I should really try and do more with my day um, so I think trying to stay on top of it and like having a routine um, and knowing that like Productivity isn't always, like, actually doing stuff, though. It's also, like, you can have, like, productive rest, but still, like, doing something with my day, if that makes sense.
0: Hmm. Do, do you have any good strategies for, for being productive?
2: Um, I think
3: that, for me, it's about <laughs> eating at regular times because that keeps your body in check and, you know, like,
1: your body clock, actually makes sense so you feel more like a human being wow but i thought you and your household Heinam, tend to eat at like 2 a.m in the morning like a cheek- cheeky little dixie chicken <laughs> thing
3: um it's more Indo me instant noodle thing now actually for us and we eat yeah oh is not it um yeah that sometimes messes me up um But I, I guess that's why I don't really have breakfast. I have, that is sort of my breakfast and I just have lunch and dinner, but I still try to eat that really regularly and like at regular times. Um, And that also like, I just know where I am with my day a bit more. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a checkpoint in the day. Um, And trying to not always let them influence me to sleep really, really late.
0: Um, Cool. Ollie, how about you? So...
2: I feel like coronavirus or the pandemic in general hasn't really affected me that much personally because everything because at the start of the year I already told myself that like I'm gonna solely concentrate on my studies. Um and that's basically what I've been kinda sticking to. But one of the biggest challenges is that someone I'm living with has cystic fibrosis, so like coronavirus is really dangerous for him because cystic fibrosis is like phlegm in the lungs, and if he gets it, it could be like quite lethal to him. So we've all had to be quite careful around you know who we meet, um, and just just like stay in our little bubble in terms of um just shielding him from this pandemic i guess uh he's actually coming back from liverpool to here tomorrow because even though we're in national lockdown um he can't really he can't really study at home so he's coming here uh To like because we have exams next week, and he just feels that it's like easier to concentrate um, at the student house rather than at home. But he he got a text this morning saying that like he's um, eligible to get the vaccine, which will hopefully be sometime next week. Which is good.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That sounds like quite a big responsibility. Um, I don't know about the the the, the rest of you, but like, like I've not had to think about the possibility of infecting someone who was like high risk. Um, so I guess that's yeah it's something that I hadn't really um, thought about in a lot of uh, a lot of detail before.
2: And he's quite. I feel like he doesn't care about the coronavirus as much as he should Um, because he's had this thing his entire life and he's learned to, like, sort of ignore it almost. Whereas um, us as, like, housemates, we do kind of feel, like, responsible if something were to happen to him.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that's that's like a big weight to like every time you go out or, or meet someone.
2: So yeah, thank goodness he's getting the vaccine next week, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. So guys, have there been any positives to this year? I guess, Ollie, you already kind of said um, it's helped you be more studious. Um, but has have there been any other obvious positives for this year or has it just been awful
3: for me um i'm i feel like yeah there's definitely been good things um we've all learned things from this year well last year i guess um but especially for me i've been reaching out to like people I haven't really been talking to like people i follow on instagram but I don't really talk to and I'm like why do I follow them on Instagram if they're not really my friend or like if I don't really like ask them about their life so I think reaching out to people and like um just seeing how they're doing and more often than not like people welcome it and they will continue the conversation as well and it's definitely allowed me to rekindle some friendships that I used to have and have just sort of like disappeared sort of thing
1: that's good
0: So, guys, what are your experiences of meeting other Christians at uni? Like, did you go to Christian unions? I've not really been to many Christian unions.
3: Yeah, same. (laughs) I didn't really make it that. How come? How come? I had other commitments. I was part of choir, which was sort of, you know, encouraged for us to join a music society. And that clashed with CU. So... I didn't really make it there.
2: <laughs> I feel like both of us just already had BCC rather than...
3: Yeah, student fellowship, like core, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I, I would say though that, that, like, um, so in Selly, there's this American, um, I guess, kind of led Christian base. Um, it's a it's, it's called Canvas, and they offer, like, free food on Wednesdays. Um, and when when you eat the food, they also give this, like, really tiny sermon, which lasts about, like, 15 minutes. And, like, me and my housemates used to go there every Wednesday just Aww. to get the free food. And, like, none of them were Christian. Yeah. But they still, like, listen to the sermon. Oh. That's um, nice and it was like there were like board games there as well so we used to stay there until like 10 11 o'clock after the free food just yeah it was really nice
1: it's a good thing actually yeah. to still provide you know the physical care and um the social care as well
2: mm.
1: because yes there is a spiritual element but i think you can get a sense of like like university life isn't just clubbing and studying and sleeping, but there's also different elements where you can still, you know, attend and have fun and grow. So I I like that. I'm glad I'm glad that there's something there to reach out to to people on campus.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of my non-Christian friends really liked it there, just because of like the environment they gave.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, like your people are having the chance to hear the gospel, but in a in a way that's not like pushy and confrontational.
1: And it's nice that you bring them there, Ollie.
0: <laughs> I I
2: actually didn't bring them there. Someone else brought us there, and we just kept going back. Oh. I didn't even do anything. <laughs> I didn't know it existed. Someone was like. Do you want to get free burgers on Wednesday? Was how I learned about it. <laughs> and, so naturally, we all went.
1: Wow. Uh,
2: and then we just kept going.
1: Do your housemates and your friends know you're a believer?
2: Yeah, they do. Do, um, you,
1: do they often question you about faith?
2: Not really. They've met, ne- like, mm, Once or twice, but it was very, like, polite in terms of, I think it was just, like, general, genuinely curious about it rather than, like, anything confrontational. Because, you know, they're, like, just very good friends of mine. I
1: spent
2: my time at uni with.
1: I guess that's a good way to have a conversation is through being friends.
2: Yeah, I'm not really pushed to into mm. conversations at all either so. mm. but like when they're having tough times and stuff I do offer to like pray for them and stuff
1: Aww, which they're that's really good. Appreci-
2: they're really appreciative even though they don't really believe
1: do you think we should be pushy with our faith? sorry not pushy um, vocal
2: I feel that there's different ways to be Christian and like if you're given if you can do do that kind of thing without coming across as I don't know like if you can pull that kind of thing off then by all means go for it but I don't feel like I can
3: Yeah I think yeah I think that like um, it depends if it's yeah I feel like as Christians you should be like welcoming and like loving and like if being vocal about it to whoever you're talking to makes them feel really like attacked or like just uncomfortable then I don't think that's the way to go about it. Like I think like Ollie said there's different ways of being a Christian and um, sometimes it's like just through your actions and how you like care for that person um and then that will naturally like strike a conversation anyway I think because I've had that as well with my housemates last year and like things just happen like I didn't really say anything um but they can still tell I think it's like just when you have the opportunity they're not like um shying away from it but you don't necessarily have to be like actively saying oh yeah I go to church oh yeah I'm a Christian sort of thing
0: yeah, I guess there's a difference between um, telling people what you believe and, like, forcing it down their throats. Um, like, we shouldn't be hiding our faith, certainly. Uh, but at the same time, you can't force someone to do something, right? And, and so sometimes when we talk about uh, evangelism, it's almost forgetting that there's a relationship there with the the person and it it becomes just like how many souls can you can you win how many how many people but very abstractly how many people can you can you convince and in my experience that that doesn't work very well because if you're not kind of connecting with a person as a relationship then you're not going to you're not going to win them over to your side right like you're not gonna you're not gonna convince them that what you're saying is is true and important um and and kind of almost urgent because we don't know how long we've got left Mm. um but you can do that in a way that that respects the other person Mm.
1: yeah i agree it's um important to be friends first um I think it's important to develop that friendship so that they don't feel scared to ask about faith. Like it's important to be approachable
2: and not to but face I feel it. like that, you know, I've seen pushy Christians
1: uh-huh.
2: like, pull it off, you know? <laughs> es- especially in like the Mandarin side of the church with um like the aunties. I remember going to, um, going to London with an auntie from church at one point, and there was just another um, Chinese lady in in our like car in our in the train in the carriage, and she literally just started evangelizing to her out of nowhere. And, so it's um, a bit different, I- though,
1: isn't it? Because she's evangelizing to another auntie
2: yeah but how is it different though it's context
1: it's the culture
2: yeah I get it but um yeah she came to church for like a while afterwards really oh that's good I I don't know
1: but I, I think I think that's the difference right so the auntie can evangelize to the other auntie who's also from a similar background what does that say about us who are we called to evangelize to an auntie, <laughs> or uni friends, or people that, you know, we consider as peers. I think there's a benefit to, to you know, sharing your faith with peers, because there is an understanding, right? But then with tact, like we, we know what's what could work. Well, actually, not really. Sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit can convince us and give us boldness to let me just be brave right now and just test the waters a bit see if this person wants to be prayed with i think i think the fact that you're offering prayer to your housemates when they're going through a rough time that is the holy spirit giving you confidence to say that and that's a
2: good thing i feel like i don't know i just feel like i'm very familiar with them at this point
1: that's good
2: we've been through so much together
1: that's good that's good. And you never know, like, even after you graduate, like, and you still maintain that friendship, like, later on in life, they might come to faith as well.
2: Yeah, maybe.
1: We should hope so.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like with me, it's like I'm in like a almost Christian bubble now because I live with Christians and like I go to church and like all that sort of stuff, and I can't really see my course mates are non-christians so i feel like i don't really it's harder anyway to actively make a space to be able to evangelize to like um well my non-christian friends who i see on campus now i guess
0: yeah that's i guess that's one one thing that that has affected us all like it's reduced our um the pandemic has reduced the number of people that we can interact with so um it's really difficult at this time to I guess, um, know how to how to make sure that we are being a light to the world when so men- so much of the world can only see like three or four people around them regularly. Yeah. Like, hey now, do you feel like
2: living in a Christian household has like benefited you guys though in terms of just Christian growth? That's a good question.
3: Um, it's definitely been a new experience, um, like a good experience because, I mean, I think we had higher aspirations when we first moved into the house of like praying together and like having worship nights and, you know, doing house prayers and divos and stuff. But, um, we're all in like really big years, like important years. So we sort of haven't focused on that as much, but the intention is still def- definitely there. Um, so I think it has benefited us in the sense that well we can obviously like help serve at church a bit more as well and we're a bit more available because we can help record things and do things together as a house um but i think it's not as much as we expected or wanted um at the same time
2: but don't you like force each other like up on sunday mornings to watch (laughs) bcc's Um, service or not really
3: it started that way and now we yeah. have gradually been loving in a different sense loving in the sense that okay this person needs to speak, let's just let them sleep. so we don't really no. wake each other up all the time now
1: there's still a level of accountability though right
3: yeah like, um well we'll ask if people have caught up with church i guess
1: <laughs> or even if they're if you know that they're having a hard time you can still like offer your prayer and and offer support and things like that, right?
3: Yeah, that's definitely true. I remember, like, compared to last year when I used to have to call people up if I wasn't, like, feeling great. Now I just have to knock on someone's door and, like, they're ready to give me a hug or to, like, pray for me or, like... um, Mm. I remember one time I just went downstairs basically crying and everyone else was downstairs. And then they just sort of, like, really looked after me and then prayed for me. Um, Mm. And I was like, oh, it was really, really nice. Like, um, definitely does... Like, it is a family away from home. Hmm. they're probably cringing at this if they listen if they do <laughs> <laughs> not
2: no, honestly i remember in second year when i was living with uh, david which is um, a friend of mine from church um like we used to talk about like our faith quite a bit until like very late times in the morning i think it really helped like both of us in terms of that's good Christian growth
3: yeah, I guess mm. it's like a more ongoing Christian conversation that goes beyond church, like church setting, because I guess yeah. church is also where we live, sort of thing. So we can continue the conversations and like tackle like sometimes sometimes questions are like a bit too deep or a bit too controversial. You don't really want to ask in like a in like other settings. But when you're back home you're like, okay, I'm just gonna ask you guys, what are your thoughts on this? So that's been beneficial, I guess.
2: I feel like I was so much more open in terms of like my personal life with David rather than like during um, any small group we've had at church
1: yeah it's different because when you live with when you live with them like you see everything exactly so guys what advice would you give to a first year student or students that are due to start in September let's start with you Hey Nam um
3: I think one of the main ones, especially applicable to people like me who are just a bit anxious about things, like, know that it's okay to be anxious and to be scared and, like, afraid of, like, what's coming around the corner or, like, expectations and stuff because you're really not by yourself. And, like, um, talking to people really, really helps. Like, talking to people your own age who, like, actually understand the situation you're in. But also to people um, older than you who, like... I know sometimes it sounds or it can feel sort of condescending because of how people talk to you who are older, but like, they definitely have like experience and understand you as well and can give really, like give a really good words of wisdom.
0: Um, Mm.
3: And I would also say to like find someone you can actually work with. It really, really helps to have a work buddy. Yeah. Ah. Um, Yeah, keeps you going. Um, supports you and when you're struggling well they can either teach you if they're struggling as well it's like yay let's struggle together so like
1: (laughs) it helps misery loves company (laughs) yeah that's good how about you ollie
2: find a church that you're comfortable with and uh know your alcohol limits
1: Why do you say that, Ollie? You speak like you have had some bad times.
2: It's just a personal experience with not knowing alcohol limits. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's not go into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess with like the amount of um, freedom you have at university, it's really up to you to study. It's really up to you to, like, take your education to your own hands, because in in first year, I was going to live with um, a friend of mine who I made in first year, um, and he didn't make it into second year, because he didn't go to a single lecture throughout all of first year, because he kept on saying that first year didn't count, which it doesn't, but you still need to... Ki- you still need a pass Um, you still need 40% and he spent every day just ordering pizza and watching Naruto all year and he didn't even even turn up to like the end of your exams wow yeah so
1: that's a shame
2: he can really fall into some deep holes when a
3: Yeah I think I definitely like regret not trying hard enough in first year I definitely was also thinking yeah like first year doesn't really count but whilst it doesn't count second year really builds on first year so if I tried a bit harder in first year it would it also help me a lot for second year um and if you set your routine and like know your own sort of routine and how you work and your like study methods if you set it from earlier then like it helps you so much, like, yeah, so much for like, your later years as well.
1: Mm. And that's just studying, right? That's not even the managing your finances, sorting out your laundry pile, figuring out what you're going to cook.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the life... literally a few days ago, that I bothered to actually search what the laundry symbols are because I realized that I like, shrunk one of my jumpers in the dryer. And I was like, it's probably Mm. time that I learned how to read these things.
1: (laughs) Life skills. Wow. Yeah.
2: I've been using the same setting on my uh, washing machine for like the past three years because I'm too scared to use anything else. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't be bothered to search what they do.
1: Wow. Adulting 101.
2: and learn to cook and meal prep that's that's what saved me so much time
3: yeah and learn when the reduced food comes out of supermarkets oh that's
1: so useful (laughs) sticky yellow labels um do you feel like you guys are ready for adulthood post-student life graduation do you feel like grown-ups
3: I don't definitely don't like I feel like this really weird lingering gap between sort of being a student sort of being an adult sort of both but also not really um and I feel like this is I guess this is the best time as a student because you have responsibilities but also if you mess up it's okay but then when you're an adult you actually have to like Take care of everything and be still on top of things and like
0: you are. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm gonna say that that lingering feeling lingers uh, for quite a while. Wait,
1: we're not allowed to fail. Uh, uh... <laughs> I mean, I feel like... Where did you get this memo from, <laughs> hey,
3: I feel like there's just you have more answers to questions. Do you get me? Um, whereas now I just have questions for questions. If that makes sense.
0: I guess maybe maybe it is as a older um adult, like maybe we have answers to the questions that the kind of questions that you might ask coming out of uni, but we don't have answers to the questions going forward. <laughs> right?
1: Like what questions do you have going going into adulthood?
3: So I had a conversation with my sister the other day about taxes and like it's just not something you get taught at school. <laughs> So how am I meant to understand how that works if they don't even teach us in that education?
1: You learn when you get taxed. <laughs> as sad as it is. It's really sad seeing yeah, sort of your of sad. paycheck like, get taxed.
3: And like mortgages and stuff, like I don't understand any of that. Like the only time I've had to care about that was in Monopoly when you're bankrupt. But like I don't even understand how it actually works
1: yeah this is this is the nature of just growing up you just have to wing it we're all trying to wing it i'm sure you that's, students that's a secret it. <laughs> it's,
0: not, it's not that we know more it's just that we're more confident
1: <laughs> we just pretend like we know we know it but we don't yeah <laughs> we're like that yeah, swan we're... that's swimming gracefully but underneath it's really ugly
0: and that's it <laughs> okay one last question then guys how how can the church how can we support uh, like you specifically, but how can we support uh, the students in our congregations?
2: I think our church does a like pretty good job of it, really, but not like there are many many churches across the country who you know definitely aren't as fortunate as us or they don't because for us, I feel like the student base that we have is quite big so that in itself attracts more students whereas like in some churches there might be two or three students and if one doesn't come um you know that can be quite awkward but our church with like such a big student base it's just it kind of almost runs itself rather
1: so what's your advice
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my advice is get more students but you know but
1: how do you get more students just get, them, just get free
2: burgers on wednesday <laughs> yeah and free them. burgers on wednesday money makes money you know yeah free food not that that's like a great thing to do but
1: how do you get the students then? aside from food i feel is it just... the, is it the leader's responsibility
2: I guess already having that kind of establishment there, that, uh, you know, so part of our church is dedicated towards court, right? And I feel like the churches just need to put resources into that. Mm. Um, and I guess just hope for the best. But, you know, if you put effort into supporting the university students then and if they come then great and then if not you know you've tried your best
0: what more can you ask for
2: Mm.
0: i guess it's it's like i I think what you're alluding to is like you want like students are best placed to know how other students need support and Mm. to maybe to maybe help them so you want to sort of facilitate um, that whatever stage your church is, or like whatever size your your student group is at. Right. Like, I remember a few years ago, um, being involved with a core, and we had like, uh, like three or four guys. Yeah, that, like at one point. Um, and those guys have gone on to to play a big role in other ministries in yeah. our church. Yeah. Um. Same so with it's the just girls. Same with have. the girls. Yeah. Same with the girls. Yeah
1: yeah but i think i think it does start off with like going back to what we were talking about with youth work last week is that the leaders need to invest in a few hungry ones and then the hungry ones will bring Mm. other peers along so what better way to reach the bbc students than the bbc students themselves yeah so i think i think it, it helps when the students like what you said ollie it kind of runs itself
2: <laughs> yeah you're right it's like the best way to attract students is students and like you mm. need um people in the fellowship to kind of try and get more people like actively try and get more people involved in it
1: mm. yeah because the leaders are only going to get older and they're going to yeah. get out of touch with the world and no longer as hip. Yeah. What do you think, Haynam? what, what how, how can the church better support uni students?
3: I think if it's like talking about um, the general sort of, so beyond students to students, but like, yeah, the wider community, I think things such as like, I know at um, CORE last, not last year, because COVID already hit us, the year before, um, during our exam seasons, like the Young Adults Fellowship, adults um cooked food for us. Um and oh, we did. And, like that sort of stuff was really, really nice because firstly students cooking, sometimes it's just a bit of a faff. But also like especially during exam season, like it meant so much, especially for me. And I was like, oh it was so like it was really nice just to get like, you know, an evening off cooking and be able to work and like um yeah that's definitely a way that I felt cared for. Um, by the church, and also having that oh. delivered—that was like really nice. Care too. packages,
1: yeah. I think that that started eight, nine, ten years ago, actually, oh, wow. before my time. Yeah, I remember the old student fellowship. Yeah, we used to do core and tour, and just that was
2: really good. Really appreciated that
1: package things up, care packages when CDs were available back then that I think people would burn CDs and have like a study playlist. Now you just do Spotify, but so is that your hint of saying you want more care packages, hey Nam. (laughs) I'm not gonna turn it down. We can get that (laughs) we 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 can have free food.
2: (laughs) Hey Anzi, can you deliver us free food please?
1: I can, I can get that arranged. I'm sure we can. <laughs> I'm sure I can uh, manage, uh, like, to get, you know, to round up the troops to do it.
2: You don't live that Delegation. far, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have we have exam period in January now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, wow, you just play, come out and ask. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. I think that I is think, a good idea. I think it would be good if we if we could do that. Um,
1: and I think we will we will stay tuned yeah, whether that's students. something that
0: happens in core or yeah.
1: yeah especially during covid time it has been really
2: hard I think also like getting students involved in the church as well just like give them more roles of responsibility like it really helps
0: hmm.
3: yeah I was gonna say the same thing I was thinking the same thing actually about Yeah, just having opportunities to be integrated within um, the church. So not just being another person at church, but being able to, like, join in with, like, I don't know. Like, for me, I guess, like, being, like, offered to join the worship team and being able to join the worship team and meet people through there as well. Um, Or, like, currently on Zoom and, like, having breakout rooms of random adults and, like, just opportunities to talk more to, like... um, other people just really helps because it keeps it keeps the whole community less segregated and less separated. I guess.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
2: And there's like always roles in church that like can be filled, right? Not just worship. Hmm. So.
1: There's all sorts
2: of areas to serve in. Hmm.
1: We're looking for Sunday school teachers. We're looking for youth leaders. We're looking for, I don't know, people to help with alpha, walking with God, different different fellowship groups. Yeah. And so it's, it's a great time to learn, actually, as students. I think I think even for me, when I was a student, I learned a lot about leadership. Having been given responsibility to yeah, to care for younger. Younger Christians. That's a good thing.
2: I feel like speaking personally, I got a lot more out of Fat Camp being a leader than a camper. Mm. That's
1: good to know. (laughs) We're doing something right. Okay, final, final, final question, guys. Are you a messy housemate or a tidy one?
2: Ollie. Uh, I thought I was messy until I lived with the people I do now. (laughs) Uh, and it turns <laughs> out relatively <and> very clean.
1: <laughs> wow! Do you ever tidy up for them?
2: Yes, often. Actually, do you have to wash up for them. I I do, I do, and sometimes they don't even notice it. They they just think it just becomes clean. They're, I have a housemate who you know cooks and leaves his like washing up on the side, and only washes them when he goes to use them again. So it's, like, permanently dirty on the side. And this one time, he just didn't touch it for, like, about a week. And, you know, culture was growing on it. Ew. So I told him to wash it, because it was disgusting. And within, like, seconds, it was gone. And about a week later, I saw it in the garden. In the garden? In the garden, he... (laughs) <laughs> Instead of washing it, he <laughs> took it outside in the garden and put it in the garden and left it up.
1: to grow because things grow in the garden.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was like a mushroom growing out of it. Ew! No, no, that wasn't. But it was pretty, pretty grim. Science experiment.
1: How about you all? Um, how about you, Hina? Um, so
3: our house has a pretty high standard when it comes to cleanliness um so it's quite hard to determine how tidy I actually am because we're not none of us are really that messy um
2: who's the messiest
3: well one of the boys for sure (laughs) um let's I'm not gonna out who because (laughs) yeah it's yeah (laughs) but I'd like to think that I'm on the cleaner side of the house um we have a cleaning rotor we have it like a chores rotor, so we know who's doing what when and you can like shame and name people if like, <laughs> you haven't done it you haven't crossed a name off um so yeah but I think like in my room everything is like an organized mess but in the communal living spaces I'd like to think I'm quite tidy
1: absolutely communal spaces are important to maintain order yeah otherwise that's where the arguments happen or the passive-aggressive notes?
3: Yes, actually, I don't think I've had. No, we've had a. Mm, we've had one at me, which was basically, uh, I. I can't help it. Being a girl and my hair just falling off, um, they were like, <laughs> "Oh, like have we started? You know, having a pet cat or something? Why is there so much?" The and I'm like, "I'm sorry, I can't help it."
1: Long hair, yeah, it's quite normal for girls.
2: Yeah, and, like, if everyone in your house is dirty at the same time, it, it also doesn't. You just kind of learn to live with it. I think at the end of um, second year, no, third year, um, there was a good period where, in communal spaces, we couldn't see the floor. Yeah. No. <laughs> no! And, and, you know, you get depressed about it, but there's no point just <laughs> oh my it's it's a it's a contribution of everyone
1: mm-hmm. sorry anyway thank you so much for joining us um yeah ollie and Heynam, thank you for being here
2: no worries Pleasure. thank
3: you guys for wanting to talk to
1: us i feel like i've learned a lot about student life from you guys but i'm sure there's that's just the tip of the iceberg right yeah, thank you so much. If you have any um, questions or feedback, um, please email us. What's the email address again, Ben?
0: It's right there on your notes, abside at uk. Or, you know, you can just message us if you know us. That's fine too.
1: Yeah, it's so great to have two students join us tonight. Um, and I'm sure that if you have questions for them, we can pass them along to them as well. But um but yeah, thank you again, Hey Nam and Ollie. Bye.